Welcome to the Once in Future Authors Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm so delighted to be joined today by author Joey Donovan Guido. Joey is the author of a book all you will want to know about, A Holistic Guide to Online Marketing, SEO, User Experience, and Conversion. People are constantly asking me, and they kind of, you know, oh, SEO, can you do that for me as if it's something that we can do in about 10 seconds? Well, Joey, tell us whether or not it is a 10 second or a much longer process. And also the three magic questions to ask yourself when creating content. So Joey, thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me today. Oh, so thrilled to have you. And and yes, people think that SEO is like, just wave your magic wand and do it. <laughs> I'm sure you get that question from people too, don't you? I do sometimes. There, there's an expectation or a hope that it is a quick thing. Yes. Um, I, yeah. I can tell you in 10 seconds, I can assess a website and let the client know how good or not good their SEO is. Uh, but that's about all I can do in 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> So you can tell us all of our problems, but not actually fix them. Well, well, you need a little bit more time for that. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Yes, people think it's just you know. Don't you just add some meta tags and we're all done? And I think <laughs> if it were that easy. Don't you think everything would be just perfect? Which would be its own problem if everybody had fabulous SEO. Well, it could be. I mean, I I, I would love if life in general were that easy. <laughs> and I think every every business owner and professional or mom or dad or husband or wife probably feels the same way. You know, I think the difference with SEO is, is it's one thing, one thing in my life that I can actually control, mm. right? So when a client comes to us, I know I've done it on thousands of web pages, hundreds of websites where I know the process we use helps people. Um, and so, but it does take time. Yeah. <laughs> Our viewers who are like, what exactly is SEO? Could you give us the, uh, the abridged version of that? Yeah, of course. Uh, SEO is an acronym for search engine optimization, which is really a fancy term uh, for getting found on Google. So in other words, you know, we've all done it. We go on, we go on Safari or Chrome or heaven forbid Bing. Um, <laughs> which is okay. It's better than Explorer, but um, so we go and we do a search, right? Maybe we're looking for a doctor, a dentist, a hair cutter, whatever. Uh, so we type in some keywords like maybe hair cutter, New York, New York, and we get a listing of results, right? That's essentially how SEO works. What happens is when, when someone has a website, and we do SEO work on it, we're optimizing or adding keywords, keyword phrases, relevant content to that website. So when someone does that search, Google looks, in this case, in New York, New York for relevant results and an optimized website has a much better chance of communicating to Google, hey, we're hair cutters in New York, New York, hello, put us in, put us in the search results. Uh, so that's kind of like the layman's way of describing it. Fantastic. And yes, so so people just by making a website and you're a haircutter in New York, just by putting that website up does not automatically mean that Google will know that or or better yet, even put you on the first page so that people will find you. Correct. 
correct. Yeah, website is it's it's kind of think of it like like two slices of bread, right? So your website, of course, is super important, um, but without SEO, without things like blogging, which will increase your SEO and your engagement, and something called your website authority, uh, it's it's like having two slices of bread for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So yeah, if somebody knows your URL. You meet somebody, you know, at the park or at a restaurant or wherever, a, a networking event. Yeah, they'll get to your website, but somebody who doesn't know you will have a hard time finding you if you're not doing everything you can to become more visible. Uh, yeah, so and then back to the bread analogy, you know, two pieces of bread will sustain life, but nobody wants to eat two pieces of bread a day. Uh, and that SEO is kind of like one of the ways where you make your website more like a triple decker turkey sandwich. Gotcha, gotcha. Now you titled your book, A Holistic Guide to Online Marketing. Uh, tell me why, why holistic? How is that different from the others? Yeah, so there's a couple of reasons. One is, you know, everything we do here at my business is relationship-based. So that's kind of the first big criteria we look to meet. It's not about selling. It's not about fear tactics or kind of beating our chest and saying, look how great we are. It's all about how do we connect with people in the most organic way, the most holistic way online, right? And relationship building is more like a conversation or at least us saying, hey, if you have this problem, if you have a, a, a painful tooth, we can help alleviate your pain, right? And here's how we can help you. Uh, as opposed to saying, hey, look at all our awards. And if you wanna download 10 tips on how to keep your teeth clean, I don't care. My mouth hurts. Help me. Right. So that's kind of one facet of it. And the other facet why it's holistic is there's no one thing you can do on your website or in your online marketing that is a silver bullet. I wish there were for myself and for everybody we work with. But really, like we talked a little about SEO, right, which gets people to your website. That's only one part of the equation. If we get people to your website and it's a disaster zone, or it's confusing, or it's not engaging visually, or the content is just confusing, people are just going to hit the back button and leave. So that's why in addition to SEO, we want to make sure the user experience is really good. Okay. Yeah. So, so you want to get them there and keep them there. Right. Tell me a little bit about what it means to have good conversion. Yeah, so that's the third part of the holistic equation uh, on a website or really anywhere, even if it's on social media, right? And the book talks about that. It talks about websites, your blog, and your social media. So again, going beyond the website, right, your online presence. But conversion, uh, again, is a fancy word for really, I like to call it uh, making it easy for the website visitor to do what you want them to do. Okay. Uh, and I say that um, with a little bit of trepidation because I don't want people to think that it's trying to kind of, again, twist somebody's arm or manipulate them. Good conversion makes it easy for someone to take a step that they really want to take. So going back to that dental example, okay, my mouth's been hurting. I do a search. I don't have a dentist, right? I find a local place. I want to know really easily, one, how can I make an appointment? Two, how soon can I see you? Three, most likely, how close are you, right? So really that whole conversion methodology would be soon as somebody gets on the website, having a nice, most likely a button, a call to action button that says book an appointment, right? Or 
if they don't have online booking, making it really easy for, for that person to call. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, again, that feeds into the user experience, right? If the conversion is easy, if it's easy for me to get in touch, that makes for a better user experience. Um, if I have to fish around and hope that I maybe find your phone number if I'm lucky, um, or, or the opposite of that is if there's eight calls to action on a homepage and I don't know what to do. Mm, mm, you make a really good point there because I've gone to places, even if I just wanted to go out to a restaurant for dinner, if I can't find the phone number, do you take, if, if there's one that takes online reservations and two clicks later, I'm done. Mm -hmm. That's where I'll go. If it's a whole production, and I've heard that from people too. Somebody recently was telling me that they were trying to um, purchase something and the, the website said that they had to call. And when they called, the answering machine said that they had to send an email. <laughs> and they said, you know what? I'm not doing it. And then they just they just bailed out. And it was actually something that they wanted, but mm. decided, I guess I don't want it that badly. It was just yeah. too much work. So I like the way you termed conversion. Not Most people say conversion is closing the sale or mm. making someone. But you said helping them to do what they wanted to do anyway. Mm -hmm. They came. They, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't, you know, pull them in with a, a hook around their neck. They came because they were looking for something. Conversion is making it easier for them to find it. Exactly. Making it easier, getting rid of distraction, right? A lot, a lot of times with user experience and conversion, you'll get to a website and you'll see a lot of moving parts. It's kind of like a video, which somebody thought maybe was cool, but doesn't really make sense. Doesn't really any, add any value. And then you start to see like kind of like, uh, you know, you start to scroll and kind of things, content and imagery starts to kind of fold into the screen. And as a user, it's almost, I liken it to kind of jumping out of an airplane uh, and not knowing where the ground is. So you just kind of keep scrolling and scrolling and like, well, where's the information I need? Uh, so it's really, you know, a lot of this all comes down to like, what's the hierarchy, what's the structure uh, or the architecture of a website? And, and it's, it's, it sounds so simple when we talk about it, but I see time and again where websites fail in these areas. Right. It's, it sounds like, you know, clarity, um, less could be more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Less could yep. Be. So those are the three, those are the three big steps I would say then it's getting them in, which is search engine optimization. It's getting them to stay and find and enjoy, which is user experience, mm -hmm. and then getting them to be able to accomplish whatever that call to action was easily, which is conversion. Yep, you got it. Okay. Well said, well said, yep. Organic approach to all three of those. Now you had toyed with me, you and I were, were talking about, oh, what should we talk about? And I said, oh my gosh, just talking about SEO, I mean, heck, you just wrote a book on it. So you know that it could fill, you know, you could have an entire podcast <laughs> series just yes. like that. And, and you toyed with me and said, how about the three magic questions to ask yourself when creating content? And I said, oh, I love that. I love three. And we could actually get a handle on that. So yeah. tell me first about creating content. Uh, as a content creator, I know what you mean. But again, for our viewers, 
what does creating content mean? And then we'll get into our three magic questions. Sure. So creating content, uh, content is essentially copy, right? That's kind of an older term for it, or a really easy way to understand it is it's words on the page, okay. right? So whether it's, whether it's a white paper, whether it's a blog post, a web page, social media post, or, you know, some people are still making catalogs, right? Printed catalogs. So really wherever uh, copy content lives is an opportunity to ask yourself these three magic questions. And but before we get into them, you know, what I find really interesting is that I'll have a lot of clients come to us and, and I encourage them to blog because blogging has a lot of benefits. Uh, one, it provides fresh content for both the human eye, right? So people who are interested in what you do or, or how you can help them. It also, it also adds fresh content for Google. Mm. Google likes to see fresh content on your website. And a lot of SEO firms kind of shyster people, to be honest with you, quite kind of transparent. And they're like, hey, we're going to freshen up your SEO on a monthly basis and, you know, pay us $500 or $1,000. And I get clients who come to me, they have no idea where their money's going. They have no idea what's happening. And they're not getting any more business. Mm. So, you know... So it is important to freshen up your content, but not on your homepage every month, not on your services pages or your about page, you freshen that content on your blog. And when Google sees that, it likes you better. I'm not kidding. Well, <laughs> and it, it kind of gives you kudos points. What's that? Everybody wants Google to like us better. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and what, what that does on the blog is it helps you have a better website authority, which is a score from zero to 100. So think back when we were in school, you know, 100 is the goal, right? Um, and the higher to 100 you get, the more visibility you have, the better you rank and things like that. Right, right. Joey, how often should we be blogging? I think that's what the big fear is with everybody is. Yes, yes. So I've tested this extensively. Uh, so once a week is kind of your baseline if you can find the time or team up with the rest of your team to do once a week. That can give you amazing results. Twice a week is typically better than once and three times a week can often be a real sweet spot. Oh, The problem is a lot of people, even if you've got a team of 10 or 20 marketers, it's kind of hard to get that kind of content out every week, three times a week. So shooting for once a week is a good, is a good benchmark, a good baseline. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're right. Three times a week. Woof. <laughs> How long are we talking ideally? Like for a blog post, uh, are we talking a paragraph? Are we talking five pages? What do we need? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the correct answer to that is it really depends. Okay. It depends on your niche, you know, where you do business and it depends on your client base. So for instance, we've done a lot of work um, in, in the health and wellness so a lot of times when the health and wellness people want to come in and maybe have 500 to 750 words focusing on one major topic, right? Uh, a health related topic and they get one nugget and they leave. So they're like two or three minutes and they're gone. There are other clients like Wyden, they do software as a service uh, and they're an international company. And we wrote blog posts for them that were 3000 plus words. Wow. Because we really drilled down into a topic and really showed our expertise um, by answering questions and solving problems. 
So it really depends, you know, and it depends on you as a writer. If you only have 300 words in you, make it 300 words, (laughs) 300 words. As my English teacher used to say, anything is better than nothing. Oh, I love that. Anything is better than nothing. And, and as a publisher, we publish everything from, you know, 800 page books, haikus, Mm. (laughs) which are three line poems. So, you know, I agree with you. Anything is better than nothing. And if you are listening to this and saying, Oh my God, I can't <laughs> times a week. Remember, anything is better than nothing. If you could do once a week and just get something out there, at least you're doing something, which is a start, an absolute exactly. start. And when somebody publishes a blog, are they putting that post on their website or are they putting it in other places as well? So yeah, so a blog typically has to be connected to your website, right? So this gets a little technical because there are things called sub pages, which like is a, a, every single blog post you write should be a sub page, just like a services page, a products page, your contact page. There's also something called a subdomain, mm-hmm. which is can be confusing, but that's essentially a separate website. So you want to be publishing your blog post on your actual website. So in my case, like for joeydonovanguido.com or cupseo.com backslash blog, right? Uh, And then what's great about this content is you can repurpose it. You can go onto Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever your clients typically go on social. And you can say, hey, you know, here's these three magic questions that you can use to write all of your content, no matter where you're writing it, right? And so you write a little bit of a paragraph. Sometimes it's a really long statement on social, and then you have a link in the comments on social media. You'll get better traction if your link is in the comments. Back to your website. Now someone's on your site. They read the entire blog post. It's helpful. You have a much better chance of them kind of sticking around and saying, oh, that was really helpful. I wonder what else they do. They might just read it and leave, and that's okay. You've developed the relationship one step further. but really the goal is to use your website as that hub and the blog is a really good way to do that. Fantastic. Tell me a little bit about what you just said about putting the link in the comments. Yeah. Why is that? So, okay. This is something I learned from a buddy of mine. His name is Wayne Breitbarth and he is a LinkedIn guru. He's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's got a book as well. Uh, Super smart guy. And, and, I asked him one day, because I've been hearing rumors that, you know, you shouldn't put a text link in the main body of your social media post. I said, Wayne, is this true? He said, let's test it right now. So I had just released my book and I had just put up, pushed a social media post through maybe a hundred or 150 people saw it, right? I did basically the same exact social media post on LinkedIn uh, with Wayne's recommendation of taking that text link to the book and putting it in the first comment and letting people know link to the the book in first comment below. Instead of 100 to 150 impressions, I had like 1200. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what's happening there is that the social media platforms want you to stay on their platform. Okay. So they are actively looking to see if there are text links in the main body. They want people to keep reading. So what I learned over time is one, writing longer 
social media posts can actually be advantageous. Mm. And two, putting that link in the first comment is kind of a workaround. I think they're starting to catch on. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what the next step is yet, but, but you will definitely get more engagement by publishing your post with the link in the first comment. Just let people know it's there. I've seen like on Instagram, a post will say link in bio. Mm -hmm. is that a similar way of helping the SEO or is that something different? It's, it's, I look at it as something different because for whatever reason, Instagram won't let you put a text link in the body right. of it. For I don't understand why. Maybe it is because of that same reason. They don't want you so easily leaving. Um, unless... Of course, you're paying an ad spend. And then, hey, all day, shop now, take you somewhere else. So, yeah, I think it's the kind of a survival tactic with Instagram. And they've just taken it one step further and said, hey, you can't even do this. Wow. Yeah, no, I've seen that. And then, and, and sometimes, I guess this, this depends upon the, um, the poster. Um, I've gone back to their bio and the link is not in the bio. Like they forgot to put the link in the bio. Yep. Yep. They either forgot or they posted something else. And then of course they have to change the link in the bio to that. Oh, you're right. Maybe I was looking at, for whatever reason, an older mm -hmm. post uh, yeah. came up and I went to the bio and said, oh, well, where's the link? They might've, <laughs> if they're posting several times a week or even several times a day, by the time I get to that bio, I'm too late. Yep. You're out of luck. <sighs> and so were they, right? Because maybe it's something you really wanted to look further into, right? Yeah, no, that's uh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So before we even get to the three magic questions to ask yourself when creating content. We have some nuggets here already. One is which you should be creating content and that's a biggie. And I'm sure that that's kind of a, a baseline with you is that people think um, one and done, like I made my website or whatever and I never need to touch it again. And um, your first thing before we even get to those three things is that's not enough that Google mm -hmm. likes fresh content and that your readers like fresh content. So you need to be creating fresh content um, at least once a week, if not more often. And then to repurpose that content. So you're putting that content directly on your website um, so that it is part of your website there, but also repurposing it and putting it on social media um, linking back to your website so people can follow it, but linking in the comments, not in the actual post. So we got two bonuses before we even get to our, <laughs> our three magic questions. So uh, <laughs> now that we got that all ready, I'm ready. So what are our magic questions? What's all right. So one. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, these three magic questions of, of course, there's no, there is no magic wand, unfortunately. And just a quick comment on what you mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard running a business, no matter what the size. I, I work with mom and pop. I work with billion dollar clients and they all have time problems, you know, with getting stuff done, getting enough done. And it's, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, so it's just acknowledging that and, and kind of letting business owners know it's not you. You're not doing something wrong because there's always more to do and you always feel behind. It is normal and it kind of stinks, mm. but you know, so my whole, my whole thing is like, 
making things when we do the work or we train someone to do the work, making it as sustainable and as low stress as possible. Mm. And that's, that's what these three questions do because it helps keep you focused. I don't want to see you sit there for an hour or two hours and create content or have one of your people create content that's not going to do anything for you. That's lost time. So anyway, question one is, now this could be on anything, blog post, website, anywhere, anywhere. What is it? Sounds silly, but <laughs> what is it? We're clarifying it's product, service, right? Uh, the second question is, what does it do? And the third question is, how does it help me? Okay, so we have, what is it? What does it do? And how does it help me? Yep. Can you walk us through maybe an example? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so really th this puts the writer, the content creator in a frame of mind that is, again, it's relationship based. It's not trying to sell, hey, buy this, spend mm. your money. It's, hey, this is what it is. This is what it does. This is how it helps you. Gotcha. So, so an example is, I always like to talk about a toothbrush because most people know what a toothbrush is, right? Hope so. So in this case, as soon as I say it's a toothbrush, you know what it is and what it does. Okay. Right. So that's kind of an easy one and answers two questions at once. How does it help me? Again, probably obvious, you know, but your toothbrush might have some specific values that others don't. Maybe it's got a tongue, a tongue scraper on it. Maybe it's extra soft for people with sensitive gums. Maybe it's bristles kind of get in between the teeth better, right? To remove plaque and build up or whatever. So those kind of things, if you know, are, are valuable and they are benefits, right? So how does it help me? That answers that question. Um, the flip side of that is, Stephanie, is what if it's a complex product? Like uh, what if it's digital asset management? Mm. Which most people say, huh? What's that? <laughs> what is it? Yeah, well, digital asset management is basically a software as a service. What it does, I like to say it's kind of like Dropbox on steroids. Okay. Okay. So what it is, is digital asset management. What it does is it, it literally manages hundreds, sometimes hundreds of thousands of assets in other words, videos, content, logos, images, white papers, right? Say you're a university, you might have millions of assets, right? It manages them in a way where they are super organized. So it takes somebody five minutes or less to find what they need instead of five hours mm. or more sometimes. So that's what it does. How does it help me? It helps me and my team spend far less time finding assets so we can do more high level work or just free up our time to do other projects, gotcha. right? So it's a, an immense time saver uh, and, and can literally help you save sometimes millions of dollars. Now, that's a pretty engaging <laughs> benefit, right? Dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of answering that. What is it? What does it do? How does it help me? Um, people often get stuck in the, Hey, we've got all these awards. Mm -hmm. Hey, we have, you know, 
you know, 900 years of experience between all of everybody on our team. And unfortunately, that's fine. Put that on your about page. Totally cool. But nobody cares. <laughs> if, someone is, if someone is drowning tr every day, just trying to do the bare minimum to find their images, they don't care. They want their pain relieved. Mm -hmm. And you're relieving it by offering something and telling them, what is it? What does it do? And how this can help you. Yep. So we're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. We're explaining, we're offering, explaining, and then showing the benefits of something. Yep. So once you've read the benefits, then, well, of course you want it because mm -hmm. you want what it does without focusing. So it's focusing on the reader in this case not on me how great am i it's focusing on the reader how this can help you exactly yep fantastic well that makes it simple to you know whatever you can even outline for all of this blogging that everybody should be doing mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds like that would go even for I'll call it website content as, as opposed to blogging, uh, like your services, when you're describing what your services or your products are, mm -hmm. uh, best if in each description, it kind of went through those three questions. What is it? What does it do? And how it can help you? Yep. Or it might be, whether it's a blog post or something describing, you know, the... The, the different products that you're selling. Yeah. And, and that's exactly how, when, when we write content for our clients, uh, that's exactly what we do. My philosophy is always at the top of the page on a web page. Let's say it's a services page. I like to answer those three questions, at least at a high level. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I like to put that call to action we talked about. So somebody gets to the services page. There's a really nice, relevant, engaging photo there or image or some original art. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we answer the, we start off with a headline, like on my, my web design page, I think it says something like uh, web design done right. right. We have changed that recently, but web design done right is an emotional tug right away. Because if someone has spent thousands of dollars on a website and seen poor results, or it just doesn't even look nice, that triggers emotionally, hey, this guy understands already in this first sentence to me that I've experienced pain and wasted money. But within those first paragraphs or two, we want to say, you know, we want to answer, what is it? What does it do? How does it help me? And then we put a call to action, get in touch about web design. And then after that on the page, there are some people who are going to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm just dying to click that button and get in touch with Joey and his team. There are going to be some people who are saying, yeah, I need to learn more. I need more. Give me more fine. Then we put as much content as we need below that call to action. This is a philosophy I developed years ago because once mobile became prominent, we needed a way of getting that call to action and that little bit of those three questions answered really high up in the page. It's a small amount of real estate, right? So we kind of give the Cliff Notes version in an engaging, customer-centric way we put that call to action and then we can lay out the content below that. And I was, I was like, you know, this works on desktop too. 
-hmm. It adds continuity. It makes it easy for those people who are ready to take action to take the action. Uh, and it just works really well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, tell us where we can get your book so we can get started and then uh, where we can find you and your business. Yeah. So the easiest way to, I'll give you one spot to go. Uh, the easiest place to go is going to be to go to cuppaseo.com. So okay. that's C-U-P-P-A-S as in Sam, E as in egg, O as in orange.com. That's, the book is there. All of our services are there from web design, SEO, consulting and stuff like that. Um, I do also have a book website, which you've got pulled up and that's joeydonovangaito.com. That's just the book right now that will be changing uh, to consulting as well at some point. Okay. Well, I, I pulled that up because it was like this big, beautiful, uh, multicolored, that's quite a book cover there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What, what led you to the color spectrum? I'm just curious. So I, I, I love color. And so, you know, when I started thinking about holistic, what does holistic mean? And I kept getting kind of more like medical type of analogy. So I kind of just looked it up one day. I looked at the definition and the definition of holistic, according to Mr. Webster, <laughs> is a bunch of parts that make up one whole. Oh, okay. And yeah. And I was like, well, color wheel, the color palette. And that's, you know, where the whole idea between this whole color spectrum came into play. You cannot have a full color palette without the blues, the reds, the yellows, right? They all have to be there. Uh, and it seemed like a real nice analogy to how we do our online marketing. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough. You've given our listeners so much. I mean, goodness, like get out a pen, folks. <laughs> <laughs> You've inspired blog posts across the country. And uh, it's good to know that you're also available at your website to lend people a helping hand after they've tried and uh, discovered that running the business is so busy that... <laughs> They, they need some help there, but I can't thank you enough for joining us today and, uh, and launching, they say launch your face launched a thousand ships while yours launched a thousand blog posts. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for all of our listeners, happy writing.